You're listening to Bleed TV, the only podcast today's best shows and movies. I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. And we got Outsiders tonight. This is episode 208. Healing. Healing. Yeah. Uh, like how you had the little break in there. It was yeah. almost like you forgot. I jumped no, in. no. I was trying to come up with a little ad lib, a sound effect to it, and failed horribly. Yeah, it was, it bad. was, uh, it was a train wreck. <laughs> let me tell you, I have derailed. Uh, Needs a little healing if you yeah, ask me. It was stupid. I could just see Stash looking at me right now. Yeah. You just you, you, you executed so stupid. You're just stupid how you handle you, you that. You stupid bitch. Yeah, I, um, so I feel stupid right now. Yeah. So um, I don't know but, where to go. I mean, I think we just jump into the episode now. Uh, need to. You need to save me on this one. Um, <laughs> overall thoughts. What did you, give me a listen on this one. Uh, next question. No. <laughs> Come um, on now, this was not a bad episode. I it wasn't like it was a bad episode or anything. There's a lot of things that I liked, and I mean, the plot moved forward, and there was still a lot of action. It was just, it seemed like we played a lot of the same cards that we've already seen in the past two or three episodes. I know what you mean. There was two or three things that they've kind of done re- to repeat on. Yeah, and then there's just some things that I didn't believe, and most of it, unfortunately, revolved around Big Foster. In this yeah, episode, he was to me. definitely at the primary, um, in my opinion, on this episode. You know, um, it's here's how this goes. I know what you're talking about with that repeating stuff, um, but I do believe that it did have some probative value based on the conclusion of the mm-hmm. episode. So, I mean, I can see where it was. You just didn't want to see it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the whole deal. It's almost like they could have mentioned it happened again, but it just wouldn't work. So, it's kind of like to get the result. You just got to go watch the movie again. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I feel like they could have done a couple of different things or played the same cards in a different, few different ways. And I'll I'll talk about that once we get to those those things. But I mean, Um, we had a lot of good comedy in this episode that... (laughs) We did have some some humor. You know, you're not necessarily expecting when you come to this show. We got a new clothing line. We We did. We got... you know, we got uh, we got some new dialogue and some new interactions that was pretty hilarious. Um, so, and we also got you know Hawaii Five O style action out of stash. Yes. We got all kinds of good stuff. So I can't wait to dive in here. I mean, let's just go right into it. The episode rolls up with Little Foster and his homecoming. Um, cool scene with him and the head in the, uh, the water tank. Everything about this scene was fantastic. Just how we came into the scene how much close-ups and, like, wide shots we had of, like, getting a lot of the different people from our clan in there. And then, like you said, he's dunked under, and then he comes up in the charcoal on the forehead, and it stays there. And I was just like, this looks good. It does. And not only that, you notice that it kind of dripped a little mm-hmm. bit. How many times would they have dried that off to make it stick and done just better? Fully, but Instead, no. they let it, like, kept the realism. You know, just the little details. People were like, probably didn't even care, notice like that. No. That stuff bothers me if they didn't do that right. They did it right. It looked great. Um, everybody, one thing I will say that kind of threw me for a rope-a-dope here was the whole weird handshake. Look, I mean, I, I texted you as I was watching it, and I was like, have we ever seen this handshake? Well, I, I don't, don't know what to call it a handshake, but. I, I mean, it was some kind of like forearm hug yeah. or, you know. Now, I mean, um, back when I played football and stuff, you know, there's a lot of people I played with. We all had different handshakes, different greetings and stuff, but just nothing like this. Yeah, it, it definitely threw me a little bit. The, the grabbing the forearm and on the, the outside. Yeah, is, it's um, mm, it's mm, I, I really couldn't place the idea of how you come up with that. But you know what? I gave it kudos for being original. Yeah, you know, uh, I. 
it's one of those catch 22s you know be careful what you wish for you know ask for something yeah. original but hey you know thank well, you for coming up with like it it's not like they called each other's balls and said you're <laughs> hanging low to the right today or nothing i mean come hey on. i mean you got checked for testicular you know, cancer one way or the other whatever man give me a break yeah, checking yeah. dudes oil is not what we do okay i'm sorry we leave that in the bedroom and then, okay anyway the uh the story progresses you know and you see stash go into like i said Hawaii yeah. Five O Miles mold here, and an awesome thing about this is, you know, he's facing the repercussions from the past episode. How many shows would have just completely left this off the docket and been like, "Oh, we captured all of them"? Absolutely, and uh, absolutely, because think about it, what what did it really do for the whole thing? This scene of catching the the inmate leads to his you know high five moment in the police squad. Mm-hmm. But all this is a lead into his conversation with Matt. And I was just like, that is really good storytelling to have all these little events. Give it a minute or two to show him. Well, that are super important because Stash needed like a physical win, you know, amongst his deputies and everything because he's been the laughing stock. Yes, there is no doubt. And I so, mean, like you said, like him coming in, getting all the high fives and cheers, that's big for him. Yeah, he's been more or less just a limp noodle for the, for the entire season just about. Yeah. And we finally got that uh, pound my chest moment of get you some bitch. Right really here, did. You know? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. I, I as, as semi-corny as it was, the high-five with another deputy, oh, I actually loved laughed it. and enjoyed yeah, it. I, mean, I, I, mean, it was great. I was like, that's corny, but hell, it's <laughs> awesome. You know. I, I mean, mean, sometimes you, you need those things, and they work. And, and then other it times worked. it's like, eh. It really worked, you know. And so, I, 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 and I then, all right, we just got through talking to J.R. Adams. Amazing stunt man. Stunt double for uh, Ryan Hurst, Little, Fo- uh, Little Foster. And I noticed on his uh, his social media that he gave a buzz to a stunt man who did the stair roll. Okay. Um, if you really think about it, it was a really, really cool stair roll. You know, when Stash and the, the escapee mm-hmm. go down and do this. I mean, we got close-ups. We see them rolling. I did like it. Uh, there was kind of an awkward pause in the middle of the stair roll. Did you notice that? I did. Because, you know, they were they come down and it makes a 90-degree mm-hmm. turn. Um, so it kind of had a little bit of an editing, little snafu there. Uh, but the finish roll makes up for it all. Yeah, well, I mean, I would say growing up and doing many of these stair rolls involuntarily, I can forgive them if they have a pause somewhere in the <laughs> yeah. middle. Uh, knowing how much that crap. Yes. Out. Yes. Because those were wood planks on them stairs. Too, oh, yeah. It wasn't like it had to it, There was no carpet or anything. Yeah. Um, so some men yeah. went down that thing right I'll, there. I'll allow a minor, you know, uh, changing of angle or something snafu. Yeah. So um, let's go ahead and talk about the Matt and Stash conversation. By far the funniest moment in the episode for me. I mean, these conversations are so good. Really? I mean, Matt comes in, hey, great job, da 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 And you're, the whole time you're yeah, thinking, he's, I would just love to throw something at him and just hit him. He just right he's now. so good at talking and, like, just twisting and just. You know, we got to get we gotta see if we can get him on the pod. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I don't know if we can keep up with him. I mean, he's yeah, he's going to uh, be interviewing us three seconds into the thing, and we're not even going to know, know what's going I'm, on. I'm almost nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this conversation's awesome. 
Um, and it leads to a, I wonder how he got the prison transport schedule. That, that was the thing that bothered me is he says that, but he doesn't pull it out or anything. Well, so like, I don't know if he's like kind of guessing at something or they well, actually have it. I was kind of surprised that, you know, the whole, um, Grimes in catching him in the office, uh, the broken mug, um, that kind of stuff. Well, I thought we saw and something the, in the preview well, about the mug or something. I thought so, but they didn't have nothing in the scene. And then there was the, um, and then of course the map, you know, um, I, I didn't know. I thought the prison schedule thing was kind of out of right field a little bit, but not really. So, um, I don't know. I was just surprised that that was his, um, you know, his anchor he was, you know, throwing down. Yeah. I was. But, th- I thought he might say something a little more different that we actually viewed on camera. Maybe he's just holding some things back because it doesn't seem like this is done yet. And so maybe no. he's just got a few, like an ace up his sleeve or something. Yeah, I think he's definitely one of those guys who keeps a little bit to his vest, always as the backup. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that gives you more kudos for what he's going to bring to the table. But was anybody expecting him just to start calling him stupid? No. I mean – I, I paused this, looked at my wife, and she looked at me like, "Okay, rewind that." <laughs> and we rewinded it a couple of times. I could not, but he was just you're just stupid. I mean, I, I know this is stupid, and I was I, just like, <laughs> "I know this is patented go-to thing and stuff, but it's great every time." I know it, and man. He, he finds a little different way to say it. You know, either he adds the bitch, or he takes it off, or he says it a little bit differently. I mean, it just works. I'm almost to the point now where every third episode, if I don't get a stash verbal chewing of somebody. It's almost going to be disappointing. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're telling old ladies to shut the hell up and, you know, this and that. And then we're telling the fellow he's just stupid. And I mean, that's the meme he needs. That's the meme that Stash deserves. Yes. If there are some listeners out there who can do some amazing memes, do them. Yes. And send them our way. Uh, I will totally be re-putting re- them out. Uh, my man Stash, there's a plethora of opportunity <laughs> here. Uh, there's no doubt. Um, the guy's got it all. Um, so we cut back to Gwen and Big Foster, and she is looking straight rough. Jillian, uh, Jillian, and which is a smoking hot actress. Yes. Um, this is not the way I want to see her. Um, not anybody wants to see her this Our way. Beautiful Brennan deserves so much more. Yes, and um, she talks about her wounds having black lines. Now I know exactly what this is. I have had a family member who's had uh, poisoning. You know. Um, that's either infection or blood poisoning or different things like that. When you start seeing those lines develop, um, he so, had blood poisoning. Um, do you think this is possibly, you know, just going to throw this out there, a little bit of magic from the kinna and everything seeping in there and everything? Um, or do you think it's just kind of regular old infection? You know, I just think, you know, you think about it as being a wound that's open, that, mm-hmm. you know. On the mountain and everything, you, not you necessarily. You wonder if they sutured it together or if they, if there's infection is set in or when she stabbed herself, you know, it looked like it was a, a handmade weapon. You don't, you know, for all you know, it was killing and slicing deers up earlier. Yeah. Deers, listen <laughs> to me. I just use plural. Um, you know, and it you know, wasn't cleansed real well or whatever, you know, for all you know, used to clean some Femunda up. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you know, who knows? Really? You're bringing that up again already? <laughs> but, you know, um, there's a hundred different reasons. I, I think it was just meant to show you the severity mm-hmm. of that you need to have a realistic opportunity here that understand that 
I might not make it out of this situation. And like I, I, I posted on Twitter the other day to Jillian, I was like, you know, the bottom line is if Gwen's character dies, Bleed TV is fully prepared to riot. Yes. And so um, I do have my pitchfork and my sticks with leather around each of them. And I mean, I, ready I, to light, ready to go. I, I've been making the uh, little pyres and everything. Yeah. We're, torches. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're rock stock and ready to go. So uh, luckily that didn't happen. You know, uh, we get we get a little calm before the storm there. And so all's good. Now she does make him make a promise not to spill any more blood if he ever to take the oak back. Oh my god! Um, I was like, really? Um, you know, I don't. It wasn't bad writing or like that. No, I was just like, it's just not really possible. It, yeah, it just wasn't believable. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, that, that was the main worry about it. But I mean, I thought he did. A- he did a good job of you know struggling with what he knows is probably not possible. Um, so I thought that was good. You know, um, I, I thought that was important. Um, that they showed that even he knows he probably couldn't fulfill that. You know, he understands that he's just not at the point, even though he's come so far, like his redemptive streak, because it really has been redemptive, and uh, all the good that he's done, even just to do this good, he's had to do so much bad. I mean, you think about what he had to do just to get back onto the mountain. He had to kill three or four people, you know. And I mean, even fighting to protect Gwen has been out of fear and anger still. But, you know, we're getting a little bit more of the background of that now with Lil Foster and everything from... Absolutely. And this part of seeing his growth as a character is fantastic. And it's the best part of Big Foster I think we've seen all season. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been preaching the redemptive part of him. Has you been, really have. has been what I've always been relishing, and we've got it, and it's it's really good. And I've been on the other side of it saying, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for that dark side. Like, yeah. I'm seeing... I'm seeing the bad part of him reaching for that oak, and we've both been right. You have. There is no doubt. There is absolutely no doubt. Um, now, the, the show shifts again, and we come back to Stash, and he's sitting at the table, and um, Letta comes in, his sister, and he uh, he starts this apology bit, you know, of, hey, sorry this, sorry that. And I'm kind of like, I wonder why. And then you get it. Yeah. Yeah. I By need the you way. To, I need you to commit a felony. No, no big deal or anything. <laughs> Small potatoes. Small <laughs> potatoes. Uh, you know, remember, I was home with Same. you, you know. Um, what were we doing? It doesn't really matter. Just, yeah. you know, I was here. It's just better you don't know. <laughs> don't ask questions. Um, do, you, do you feel like this was a, a little extreme? Was it even necessary? Yeah. Because, like I said, I don't think that this story arc's done. And, you know, even if she does perjure herself, she's got a terrible cancer. I mean, that's a terrible thing to say. I mean, if there is a perfect witness. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, uh, for perjury, you do realize you go to prison. Try me. <laughs> Bring it. Yeah, really. Ooh. Feed her chemo. Keep her alive. Yeah, that's right. Keep her alive. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I was okay with it. I just I was like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I thought it was necessary. I thought it was a good scene to have. And, you know, it's just one of those things that. I wonder if it'll actually be necessary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. Like, I mean, either way, I don't think it matters. I think it'll be good if it does become necessary. But if it doesn't, you know, it's good that we had the contingency plan of it being possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I another thing, too, is is that I don't see Stash as a character in the show unless he's the sheriff. Yeah. I mean, really, that that's what he brings to the table and what's so important and why it's so good to have him on the show is to have that element. I mean, yeah. it's been cool seeing a sister be this citizen that's fighting for all these different rights and everything. 
And I'm trying to imagine him picking up this uh, flag from her if she ever becomes off the show. And I just don't see it. No, I don't see it at all. Like, you know, there's a lot of shows that we watch that transition different characters that we praise them for. I don't see Stash being able to transition, not because he's not a good actor or anything. No, it's just the, that's, that's not the character. personality yeah. and the character that they've written in. And so that's just not him. So I, I guess I don't really fear the idea that he'd possibly lose a badge or whatever. So um, it doesn't matter to me either way. I think it's good either either way it goes. I thought it was unique. I think they do a great job. Um, and I, I thought it was really good of him, you know, hammering the point home again. It was like, you're out of animals. I mean, the only thing left is your kids. And – they planted that seed for later in the episode, and I didn't even notice it. Like, I mean, I was paying attention to it, and I was just like, oh, okay. And, you know, if The Walking Dead would have done it, I would have caught it immediately. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, so, we get Gordon. Smooth-talking Gordon rolls Man. up into Grimes' office, the witch, and to apologize. Smart play. Um, like, did this scene start giving you some feelings that we don't know everything that we should about man, Gordon? Let me tell you, I think everybody and most of our listeners think this guy's got an agenda. I mean, I don't know if it's got anything to do with this protest. My my deal now is is that he's a profiteer. Um, he's getting he's going to get a paycheck one way or the other. Um, I don't know what exactly his angle is. I think they showed a lot with his character this time. I mean, they showed he's a very smart cookie. Like, I mean, he's up there with Asa and just like the sneakiness. Well, I mean, think about this. Okay. So he's talking to Grimes here and she's about ready to put Mace and call the police on him, (laughs) you know, but he ends up talking his way out of that conversation rather quickly, rather really quickly puts his little charm on and she's, you know, she lets it go and so on. And that's kind of the end of their little scene. But then it leads up to where he meets her at the bar. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And I'm really curious. And this whole scenario completely threw me. Yeah. I mean. I thought he was going to be trying to play this CD, like, at the bar. Like, he was going to slip the bartender, like, a fiver or something. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, he pulls out these five or six homemade DVD Oh, no. That cases. was, like, 12 or 8. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a lot of DVD Well, cases. his handwriting on. And, you know, and I'm. I'm not even thinking he's spitting game. I mean, I mean, really, I'm not. I mean, I think he's trying to do something else. I thought it was like a sad DVD or something. And like. then all of a sudden it turned into, hey, your 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 pickup line was weak, but try again. And I was like, oh, Excuse no. me? Oh, no. Was, is man, it, is there a shower scene that I don't know that's going on? I was just like, what? And all of a sudden we get that yeah. cd i mean it's in there <laughs> and, and, <some>. then, <laughs> and some the cd's in there then he is too because wow i mean, I mean got grimes in the satin sheets and doing their moan groan and gordy is a player i mean i i put it on social media and i was like what is it girls is it his pickup lines or his classic homeless look <laughs> i mean what, what what's pulling leg here and uh, what did the polls say? The poll. Most people did not really care for him. Most people said, you know, they more about his uh, character and demeanor more than his looks or anything. Mm. Uh, you know, they everybody. You know, you can tell that the women who were responding were responding in the fact of that they think he's a sneaky snake in the grass. Oh, he's a sleazeball. Yeah, not whether or not he's hot or doable. You know, the hot – I should have put on there, is he hot and doable? How you rank him? <laughs> and maybe we got a different response. Um, because, I mean, at least with 
Letta, it made sense of how he was able to pull that off. This, he said, like, he came up homeless. And- uh, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I, I think Grimes is an easier pull than Letta. Really? Think about it. You're a female. You're there by yourself. You live in a hotel. You've, You've been there, been a, there a while. I, I'm going to guess that everybody has needs. Okay? And this guy can provide the needs. Yeah. You know, it, it is what it is. And... You know, I mean, maybe this is the best way to look, say it. The bottom line is, is that, okay, um, is it Francie? Is that how you pronounce her name? Francine? Yeah, uh, Francie? I'm not positive like that. Is an attractive woman. She's very okay? attractive. So there's nothing wrong with the show showing that she's an attractive woman that, you know, doesn't, just came mind, out, doesn't mind. Just came out of left field. Like, I, mean, I wasn't expecting it. You know, but you know, it's just another wrinkle that shows you the show going in such cool directions and highlighting different characters. Because if you remember last season, I didn't predict her to be around very long this no. season. I was expecting Matt to be the new guy coming in, and she's on the way out the door. And she's still, I mean, she's got just as much, if not more, power than him. So. She does. And then she's doing things that are positive. I mean, giving stash insurance and, you know, being a part of the town parade mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So, I mean, like, they're showing definitely different layers of the onion. And uh, we were kind of talking before the pod and everything, and you had this interesting idea about Gordy that he's maybe blackmailing. You know, you see the scene where he has evidently hacked into or got away her computer to see that her company emails and all this kind of stuff like that. So he'll know what's going on and have the upper hand. But the first thing that went to my mind is, is that, like I said, that this is a potential blackmail information. Like I said, I still think he's a profiteer for something. You know, how do you afford all these nice toys he's got? This he's cool got a trailer, trailer. Yeah. all these things like that. And all you do is go around and help protest. You got to get paid somehow. In my mind, he's a, a hired gun. But for who? I mean, that's, that's a great question. Maybe it's a competing coal company or... Yeah, there, there, there's something here. I really feel like his character is... It came, he came in so randomly... I mean, he just came up at a meeting. And I think he's got a lot to bring to the table. What it is, I think it's going to be pretty pretty cool you once think they he, unveil it. You think he sur- survives the season? Um, I think he's a big element that dissipates and disappears by the second to last episode. Uh, uh, I'll agree with that. You know, I think his storyline ends with Letta's storyline, bottom line. Uh, and I think she's probably going to be one of the people who either exposes him or is part of his demise of the show. Okay. Um, and so that's where that goes, in my opinion. Um, then again, I'm typically wrong, never in doubt, <laughs> you know. So Very rarely are we wrong on that. Okay. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even finish it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, we cut right back. Um, and Big Foster comes outside, and he's all mad and huffed, and you, you're putting all your twigs and your berries down here. I'm going to go do something real about it. And this uh, is that was one of the things I didn't like. You know, I mean, as someone who was raised on the mountain, very much mountain ways and everything. Yeah. And he wants all his life. Yeah. And, I mean, he even talks about it with Lil Foster later in the episode. And he wants to break away from all their traditions and stuff and risk – on medicine he knows nothing about and technology and stuff. It's that right was one. after you just took down a prison transport. Yeah. Uh, a lack of judgment, you know, don't get wrong. The woman you love and the person you have, you'll go to press, great links for it. Yeah. Everything. You'll, you'll do what you think is the best option at the time when you think it's time sensitive. I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, I mean, okay. Well, 
like I said, I think there's a purpose for it. You hate that they're repeating it, but it does have a purpose. Um, but like you said, you know, he's up there bashing them for what they're doing. And, of course, you see later on in the episode what changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you ha- you have to give the lead before you you know, you know make the take. So, um, like I said, you know, it, it was a necessary evil. Um, he steps forward one step back for his every good action. You know, it's got to have that equal and opposite reaction. Exactly. Unfortunately, yeah, exactly. He can't do good. You got to create the set. You yeah. Know what I mean, um, you know, if you if you jump into something and you don't have the background that leads up to it, you, everybody's scratching their head of how it got there, and that's what the show won't let you do. Is they're going to give you the mm. quality you need to set up each scene. And this is no different. And I mean, unfortunately, like, we've just seen it a couple of times. So, but I mean, this did come to something that I enjoyed, but I felt bad for our boy. You know, I mean, big. He rounds up all of his people and everything, grabs Hassel, and then, uh, unfortunately, well, pod favorite Eddie. You know, uh, Philip. Golly, man, uh, spoke a little oh, out of turn there. Uh, yeah. Um, by the way. Uh, <laughs> How did that taste? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that handful of mitt. <laughs> I mean, about uh, the size of your head coming down. I mean, that is one hell of a man slap. Yeah, I mean, talk know? talk about the, all the stunt work. I mean, we talked to Jay. Yeah, I mean, we, we we should have asked about that role I mean, right there. I feel like we need to check on Eddie. <laughs> we need to call Eddie and say, Eddie, you okay? You know, because uh, there's a million women out there who want to know you, and uh, they don't want to see you get bitch slapped like that. I'm just gonna put it out there. So uh, prayers for Eddie. Yes, we're gonna say prayers for Eddie. Um, Anyway, the the scene, you know, he's like you know, the sad thing is, is that the Philip character Eddie, he brings up a good point. You know, I hate to say that, you know, but you know, we might be better you. off. But um, from his point of view, yeah, you know, no, I mean, wrong. I'm not saying I agree. You know, like I said, Gwen goes, we riot. Um, but you would think in this little group of people, that could be a shared vision. And I think it was with everybody but Hassel and Big Foster. And Big Foster's been so pro-Gwen for good reason that, you know, it was just something that had to be done in him continuing, like, hey, I'm not leading us anymore. Right, right. So they devised this little plan. And, you know, the funny thing is is that we see them go down the mountain a different way. Um, Apparently the long way. Yeah, and we meet the three guards, okay? And this was one part I did struggle with. I thought was kind of out of character was the whole, you know, they're waiting and, you know, Hassel's like, all right, hold, da 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 And Big just gets up and, you know, I mean, like I'm same- a lumbering <laughs> idiot walking towards you, you know? It was the same exact thing he did with the Kenna. And, you know, he was just expecting them not to shoot again. Um, I, I didn't care for that, you know, just to set up something like that. Cause it's just like when you were in season one and he goes down there to steal guns, mm-hmm. you know, and he's just brash and rolls up in there and Elon gets killed. And so now he does this and guess what happens? Enoch, Enoch gets killed. I mean, we almost have almost the same names of people who get killed for going and doing something stupid. Um, All for following big foster, following big foster, you know, and I mean, I struggled I, with this when this happened, and then it redeems itself later when it tells you the reason they showed yeah. you this again. So that's one of those things where I struggled with the scene alone because I just don't. I would have rather 
a guard seen him by a happenstance instead of him just stand up like a lug, you know, and True. say, hey, I'm here, you know, or wave like, my flag. Or like seen them trying to throw rocks to distract him or something. Just really anything besides the same thing. Yeah, just. But, I mean, like you said, like the payoff later in the episode. Makes up for the shortcomings. Semi-redeems it. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Uh, I just wish they just hadn't just stood up and be like, yeah. eh. But yeah. also, shout out to those like big old brown water bottles that the guards were drinking out of. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it just reminds me of like old construction work or something. Hey, man, I've had some of those deals, those little individual igloo pull-down legs thing. I used to, when I worked at the golf course back in the day, back in the day, <laughs> we used to carry tote them jokers around. Some of the best. Oh, my God. They hold like two gallons. It's just the greatest thing. Yeah. How about the armed guards shooting on sight? Like, where did this come from? Like, I'm thinking, like, it seems like we're still on the mountain, right? I mean... This is murder. I mean, that's what I said. Like, I mean, we have no weapons. Like, these are. I mean, none of that. These aren't. These aren't law enforcement. These are Joe Blow security, yeah. and they're toting nine millimeters, and they kill a man. Like, I mean, these things don't even have a safety on them. Like, I mean, he holster trigger. I mean, they see him. They pull weapons. They're shooting before they say freeze or yeah. stop or anything it's i think we got one stop or maybe that was after like the fourth bullet it is hard to remember now one thing i will say special effects wise the bullets hitting the areas around them the sparks and one everything. Del, well yep. uh, well done there was a part where you saw hassle leaning up kind of like it's this rock and you saw it chipping away mm-hmm. at the rock usually you get the little dust that hits or a little dink or you know cg no you actually see rock dissipating yes uh cool special effects we're getting a lot of real deal stuff the, out of the it. practical part of it was really really nice so and i want to give kudos to the fx team on this also you know the practical part is there's always one person that runs in the opposite direction because you always know never to necessarily run with the group and this time it was hassle and he darted down the mountain he took that opportunity yeah he uh, he took his own exit um, so Enoch takes a bullet in the yep. belly, um, which always just one of the worst places to get shot. Yeah. And, um, especially up on the mountain and stuff. But one thing I really like seeing from this was everyone kind of surround Enoch and then shush big foster away. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was legit anger there. There is. Um, do we think he kind of died too quickly? I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, this is where having a paramedic as a good friend really hurts when okay. I watch stuff like this. Um, just no way. You, you just don't die quickly from a belly wound. It doesn't matter if you hit a liver. It doesn't matter if you hit a spleen. It doesn't matter it, if you're running or anything. I mean, you would have to hit just. Uh, hmm. But I mean, the nine millimeter, I mean, it does rattle around in there and stuff well, like that. Well, here's the thing. It. I'm not going to say it's not plausible because, for all you know, you hit a major artery vein, yeah. whatever, da 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 da. I just, I kind of felt like the scene needed him to struggle longer, or like almost make it back. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Or I, I don't know. And this is just me as a yeah. opinion decision, not to say that the scene was done wrong or poorly or anything. Um, just kind of, I kind of, I kind of feel like they kind of rushed his death. I think Enoch was a character um, that 
I would have liked to have a little bit more, you know, of like maybe him fading or, hey, stop me, stop here, guys, or something. And, you know, instead he just kind of died with a smile almost within a minute of getting shot, you know. I mean, and maybe if I didn't get the anger from everybody else surrounding him towards Big Foster, I would probably agree with you. But I think with the payoff that I got from that, I was able to let it slide. I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I, I just – it was but, just it was just personal preference because the scene was done fine. Oh, I mean yeah. the, the writing, so all that stuff. No, no, fine. I, mean, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I I would have I would like Enoch get just a little bit more. You know, what I mean that mm-hmm. that's just me talking though. Um, okay, so we cut back to the the town and Stash is looking for Hassel and we see our man Butch mm-hmm. Barrett Hagney. Um, <laughs> it, this gray on gray outfit, you know, the hat, the works, the bling. Uh, he's Fantastic. tripping me out, man. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I cannot look at Barrett Hackney another way. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that right now, Barrett, if you're listening. If I ever meet you in person and you're not wearing a hat like this or, you know, a. You might not recognize him. I'm, I'm just going to have to complain. You know, <laughs> I'm going to go tell you, go find your hat, you know. Uh, it's just it's just ingrained. This is you know, it's almost stereotypical, you know, but it's so awesome. And so anyway, um, you know, he's trying to find a hassle, and, uh, and he gives up hassle, you know, where he lives rather easily. But I mean, you don't need anything breathing down your neck, so you I don't. understand. You, you, you don't, you know. I it's mean, like what's Stash really gonna do? So I mean, really, I mean, he he told him I'm not trying to jam him up. So I mean, just want to talk. So I told him. Um, do you know that on social media there were so many people who were pissed off at Sally Ann for the next series, couple series of scenes? I did see a lot of that, but I thought uh, Christina Jackson did a really good job on Twitter explaining why she's like that in the episode and why we're actually angry. I didn't with have her. a problem with it at all. Really, there was so much hate out there on her. Like, how dare you treat? I got news for you, and trust me. My wife. Well, maybe I, it's because you're watching with your wife. You know, you're able to. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you know, I've been through the situation of having a wife who's pregnant, and when you have, when you are in a situation where your future is not set and is unpredictable and has possible huge pitfalls. I mean, I think she. Would you take are like- on edge. Add in that you are pregnant. Add in that the hormone level is risen. Okay, and that is not a slight towards no. that woman. I'm just being honest. When my wife's over there looking at me, <laughs> you know, my wife's like, oh, I would be a super bitch, you know? And I was like, you kind of were. And that's why I stopped myself yeah. right before I got to the finishing of that statement because then I got the looks of death, you know? And I really want to be able to sleep the night without having to sleep with one eye open. But anyway, um, I totally understand where this is coming from. If anything, you, you your future husband, supposedly, is a... Guy who cannot read, doesn't nope. understand that water costs money. Nope. And his occupation is a pit fighter. And yeah. he's wanted by the law. And the town. And the town can't stand him. This is what I would call a very high-pressure <laughs> commitment to a person for the you're, father of your future and child. And your only working relationship is a drug dealer. Nothing against them. Nice guy. And his girlfriend. Yeah. And that's it. And you go and seek the advice of such girlfriend. And, you, I mean, it's just, come on. I mean, this girl's got a lot going on. So I had zero problem. If anything, she could have been a super B. Mm-hmm. And it would have been okay with me. 
Because, I mean, he It would have made sense. How, how many days was he gone to do this transport bust? How many days was he gone since the fight and didn't come home with cash? Did she have cash reserves? How long has she been sitting there and waiting and wondering if he was going to come back at all? Yeah. I mean, hello? Because, I mean, she's got to... I mean, every time he leaves, it's different because she doesn't know if he's going to go up the mountain and then never come back down. And how is she supposed to reach him? No way. And so, yeah, like you said, she could even ramp it up a little bit. And she really could have, and it would have been fine, uh, in my opinion. So, But, man, like I said, I thought she did a really good job going on Twitter and saying we're not seeing a lot of her solo acting, like in the stuff, getting that stress and stuff, because that's just not going to be the most entertaining thing when you can have Hassel running around on the mountain and everything. Right. So we're seeing a lot of his stuff, but not of hers. Right. Um, it does a quick cutaway, um, but – Finish, just finish the Sally Ann part. Her and um, Butch's girlfriend have mm-hmm. a conversation. Of course, she gives him, hey, he ain't perfect. There's problems, but he loves me, accepts me. And I think this was good. Well, and, how do you feel about the Cleveland card that she's got? I don't know if it's Cleveland, but I know it's Ohio. Yeah, it's Cleveland. Um, shoot, that's a legitimate. I mean, but that that is a permanent sever. Yeah. Because even, even Hassel's like, what's that? You know? <laughs> I, I loved it. it like, I mean, yeah. I'll go to Cleveland. Like, what's that? Yeah. It's just like, oh, my God. Of course <laughs> he doesn't know what that is. If he had said where, I, I would have been like, mm. when he said what's that, I was, <laughs> I was like, cracking yes, up. yes, that is better. That is so good. But like now I'm thinking, like, how great would it be to see them take this road trip together? Like, just to see him leaving the mountains and everything? <laughs> no. Like, let, let's get him into New York. Let, let's take Hassel to New York. Negative. <laughs> Negative Ghost Rider. You're, you're on a bridge to nowhere, my friend. Um, yeah, no. Cuts back to the mountain. You see Big Foster, and he is covered in blood. Yes. Okay. I have a problem with this. When was he even close to Enoch for this? I mean, maybe he carried him up the mountain and everything. Like, maybe they gave... I don't but know. His whole stomach was covered in blood, and his arms was. I don't know. Uh, to me, I sat there and thought about this, and I was like, they didn't show a scene, but it would have been cool if he was carrying Enoch in. Thus, the blood would have been against his stomach and on his arms. But I mean, really, like how he's not going to carry him in like they just got married or anything. He'd have him slung over his shoulder. <laughs> Mary. Like I mean. <laughs> There's really no reason for him to have I, I, in that spot. I thought the blood location was a little off unless they showed you why. Yeah. Um, but I, mean, I don't know how you would show why because, like I said. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know either. Because, you know, when he when he died, it's like the other guys kind of kept him away. Mm-hmm. And he stayed away because he was mad because it was just kind of his fault. And so I was very curious about the whole blood on the stomach and stuff. Well, was another thing is if he's trying to hold the blood down and trying to help him out, da, 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 and then he wipes himself on the shirt, well, you wouldn't have that exorbitant amount yeah. on your shirt either. And almost that perfect circle. Yeah, it's almost like he rubbed his belly on it. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of strange. I just, eh, I thought the, the blood was a little touch much. But, you know, hey. Um, but the location is something that they've struggled with yeah, this season. Yeah, they have. Um but it shows this whole thing of him washing and then this reflection scene in the... And I thought it was really cool just seeing him grab the bucket and everything, you know, take off the shirt and then slowly wash all the blood away and everything. Oh, yeah, you know. David Morris got to have that shirtless stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, ladies. <laughs> calm it down. Um, but, you know, the whole reflection in the water, totally understand where they're going with that. You know, he's just he's realizing, he's becoming self-aware that it's, he's the problem. 
you know that the darkness may be winning and if it's not there's still a strong chance that it could absolutely and this is this is what leads to him getting little foster out into the woods and how about this background story of you tied me to a tree for 10 10 days days. i was like I, i don't know what i was prepared for but it wasn't being tied and left to a tree for 10 days um Yes, that right there. That's like is, the limit that, of going that, without like water. Limit. You need to be put down. <laughs> if this happened in our world today, yeah, you, you'd see them bars slide across your face. Oh yeah, and you'd have some time, Jack, if you survived in prison for doing that to a child. There's no way I'm living ten days tied to a tree. I'm either dead. I mean, my wrists have been like to the bone. Or, or, how about the insanity? Just losing your mind. Yeah. How about the coolest detail of the entire episode? Little Foster saying, even showing his wrist of what happened to mm-hmm. him as evidence to what he did on this tree. So many times this stuff, that little details are left out. It shows, it has a personal reminder. It was... I was going bravo. Bravo, bravo. Perfectly done. Perfectly done. But well put together. Really cool. I, the only problem I had with this was at no point in time did I fear that Big Foster was going to die. No. No. And that, that, that that's just like the old Walking Dead cliche of, you know, Rick can forearm shiver his way through 60 walkers, but one other person can see a walker from – you know, that jumps out of the bushes and tears <laughs> our neck in half. You know, I just, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I didn't fear it either. Um, but I, I never felt like that's what they were trying to show you either. I think that when Little Foster brought him out there and said, this is the tree and this is this. You think he was just told for that background story? It was completely for the background story to, sh- you know, to show well, and I mean, why how, they are different people. And I mean, well, there's really no reason for them to be different people because – Little Foster got it ten times worse. Yeah, I'm with you. But I mean, to learn that Lady Ray was like that—that's because I mean, she was so caring and everything with Gwen, like loving. We didn't yeah. see a bad side of her unless it was with Big Foster. Yeah. So I don't know if that was the only person she had that kind of relationship with, or maybe she wasn't who we thought she was. Well, it could be a situation where, you know, he didn't love his mom. He really admired his dad, and then when he died. When Mama took over, you know, this is your you treated like a redheaded stepchild. You know? <laughs> so there's that possibility there. So you know, and you know, maybe that's why we have a seventh. That's true. We still have that little hmm, missing element there. So I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not. I'm not positive. But there are reasons they're giving us all this background, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where they're going to take this. They're giving um, us a lot to sink our teeth into. There, there is absolutely no doubt. No, no doubt. Um, you know, the scene ends with him fighting. Cool action scene. Way to mm-hmm. go, Jay. Um, and he doesn't shoot him, and he throws all the bullets out. But then Big Foster takes one of the bullets, puts it in, you know, slides the slide back, and gets ready to put the gun under his chin. And guess who appears? Well, Old Elon. Um, well, right before any of this happens, you know, we get the patented ferals don't kill ferals. We've yeah. been hammering that. So do you think that there's a way that Big Foster – gets excommunicated as no longer being a feral because i mean it's being nah, said to him no nah, not a not a chance okay i just wanted to run that 
Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. But okay, so yeah, like you said, you know, we get that whole fantastic scene and everything, and then like you said, Elon appears. Elon appears. Um, what is the purpose of Elon appearing? I need your expert opinion here. I mean, I think it's just to have faith in the mountain, you know, believe in the power of everything that can happen. I'm with you. I think you you see a guy who thinks he is the cancer who needs to be cleansed and that this is going to resolve everything and so on. And Elon appears, you know, as kind of a hope sign, Mm -hmm. you know, a symbol or so on that – you know, like you said, the magic, the the the, the majesty the of power, all, the, the power, I mean, all that stuff I, is there, and it makes him a rebeliever. Thus, you see him coming over and getting on the knees and doing well. The, and he also finds those flowers or sprigs or something. Yeah, they were just left at his feet. Yeah, and uh, I uh, I have no idea what that was. So, if anyone who's uh, outdoors, yeah, if person, somebody knows what kind of you know was this plant, plant, jasmine, whatever, I don't know what it was. I mean, I'm going to I would safely to assume it wasn't jasmine. No, I don't think so either. But, you know, just some kind of unique bouquet of something yeah. here. Now, I thought this, this was something he was going to put in a tea. Like, I mean, I thought it was going to be something that you drink or made a paste out of. Who who knows? I mean, I don't, I don't have a clue. I mean, um, but it shows that he's making a contribution. He gets on his knees. He's doing the humming, the chanting, and so on. And it's uh, – it works. It works. You know, you, you see the Brennan Gwen come emerge and stands up from her. How cool is the wheelchair that has bike wheels on it? Yes. I I mean so they're come so creative on, on this come thing. on. Who who is the prop master on this show? That's who we need to be talking to. You're cute. Like I mean, you need to be on James Bond I by mean, the end this, of this thing. This is too cool, man. You know, when we spoke to Krista, you know, going into the season, she talked about how unreal the set pieces are and the creativity and everything else. And this is one of those things showing that exact. How about the camera work? How about the angle to show only the handle and the top of the wheel (laughs) and everybody, you can immediately realize that ain't no regular wheelchair. Um, And for them to be able to create a wheelchair. Like, I mean, that's something they'd never seen before. Cool, man. I I just, I, I love the little details like that. You know, she stands up, everybody goes in awe, you know, it's, it's a miracle. It's great. Um, and that's what, that's what you want. Mm -hmm. You want to see it. And you didn't want her to stay in the bed much longer. You wanted this to go ahead and come to an end because you want her storyline to continue to progress and see where it's going. The real question is, is are the kid out gone or are we going to see a resurgence from them? You know, that's what I'm curious about. Um, and I don't think there's any way that they're gone because I mean, we've made a point to keep them around. I mean, I think the real question is, are they going to betray us again, or are they going to fall in suit and help us in a way? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that's the only question asked with the Kenna. But, you know, that's just that's just a hunch. You're right. You're right. Um, so, we kind of switch things up a little bit. And we get the hassle and... Stash conversation. Stash rolls up. Hey, you know, you need to leave town. It's a bad idea for you to be here. I can't protect you. And this is right after, you know, Sally Ann says, you know, if you're here tomorrow, 
or if you're not, I'm gone. You know? Yeah. So you're getting told by the sheriff you need to you need to ditch and go. But you can't because you're being told by your fiance, girlfriend, whatever to if you're not here, I'm I'm deuces to Cleveland. You'll never see me again, essentially. So of course, everybody and their brother knew what was going to go down yeah. right there. How about Stash's comment? Real nice place here. Real, real nice place here. <laughs> really? I mean, really? I mean, all I was thinking was, how much did Hassel spend? Because if he would have just held on for like another 5000 he could have bought Stash's house. Like, I mean, really? Yeah. Got a nice place, nice property over here. Um, I mean, he's talking about nice place. I mean, there's four cabinets, a college stove. We're talking about one of those yes. slim lime skinny with two burners on top. <laughs> Um, we got two rooms. One of them's a living room. <laughs> okay, and uh, the, the cl- you're using the closet in the living room as the, uh, it's just like. Uh, I mean, stash. Like I said, expectations are low. <laughs> evidently, you know, like, I don't know what to say there. But um, I'm looking to buy Stash's house. Like, uh, I, really, I'm no. fighting for it. Is there a real estate agent in Blacksburg? <laughs> um, so the next scene, of course, Sally Ann comes back. He's there, da da da, and they decide to unveil the new. A new and improved hassle clothing line. And I got to say, it looks terrible. Oh, my gosh. My man, Jay, our Adam, said it best. He posted the picture of Hassel in his hype shirt and hat and quoted lines from Vanilla Ice. Oh, And I man. was – my ribs were hurting. My ribs were hurting. Shots fired. I mean, it was, it was money in the bank. It was absolute money in the bank. The throw out, throw out it out like that. That's just plain rude. I, I, I mean, well I'm done, not, well done, I, I, Jay. I'm gonna find your post. <laughs> I'm gonna repost it. Touche, my friend. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Useful. Useful. <laughs> yes. Um. You know, the last thing we really kind of talk about is is that Letta decides to go to school. Not go to school, yeah. but she's a scene where she's asked to come to school because her daughter evidently is involved in an altercation, fight, whatever comes. Um, you know, there's two things I want to talk about though, this scene. Um, first of all, you know, she's she's talking about her daughter and she's defending her mother and so on. Um, Always a tricky situation. It, it is a tricky situation. It really, really is. The you know, the daughter doing what she is. She's standing up for what she believes in, just like the mama standing up what she believes in, without worrying of consequence. Yep. You know what I mean. And you're setting that example, and for you to be upset that your child, you know, which she wasn't, which she really wasn't upset that she was doing it. Um, but you can't be mad when somebody holds you accountable. For your actions. Yep. Just because your brother doesn't arrest you for doing what you're doing doesn't mean the school has to go, oh, well, mom gets away with it. So you we let too. the kid get away with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm the scene, the lines, the storyline, I had no problem with it. Uh, but in my profession today, I deal, I'm working education. And to see this parent come in and – Let's don't worry about what your own child did. Let's worry about whether another child got punishment. Let's worry about whether or not that's been handled and like that. You are only the parent of your child. And if you know your child has done wrong, your focus needs to be on your Your child. child, not on whether or not the other child received punishment or was treated a certain way or treated differently or so on. Because you have no control over that. 
And unfortunately, that's kind of like what the world seems to be going to nowadays is that everything's okay if somebody else got away with it. Yep. Everything we can – it's just like in today in education is is that let's say your child does happen to make a mistake because guess what? They are a child mm-hmm. and you learn by making mistakes. You know, unfortunately, today's world, the parents come at you with, you know, they're looking for how the teacher made a mistake in handling that situation to excuse what the child has done wrong. I don't understand this. Or there is enough pride in today's world that how dare you say my baby would do something like that. Thus, let us said what in the show? My not, child not, would never do such a unless thing. Unless she was provoked. Unless she them. was provoked, yes. As, oh, it's she all, was defending my honor. How could you uh, even exactly. get mad at her? That's called what we call making excuses for your child. Yes. And to protect your pride as a parent. That, gosh forbid, you ever get looked at as you failed <laughs> as a parent because your child made a mistake. I make mistakes every day, people. You know? Trust me. You might be listening to this podcast and going... I've made a mistake, you know, it can happen, you know. But if we only made one, then good on us. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. it's good night. But, uh, you know, I just, when I saw this scene, it was kind of a real thump to the head of, hey, this is starting to become reality. Yeah. And this show is no different to highlight this. I mean, the show's great at putting, you know, taking this those stabs at social cues that are going on right now. Absolutely. We've covered so much, and this is another one, that the – World we come in today is is the parent defends the child at all costs due to their pride instead of honing in on what the child has done wrong to help them learn from it, fix it, and be better people. And I just put put it back in my situation. I was looking at it's like, well, what would have oh, I would have just gotten five licks and you know, been right back to class. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know what's gonna happen now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So the last thing we kind of talk about on the on the scene is is that um, she has this coughing fit and she has to go to the hospital. Because yeah, I had completely forgot that you know her daughter doesn't know that she has cancer or anything. The school definitely doesn't know. Yeah, this kind of really I was really kind of a shock value to me is that you know she's in the hospital and Stash is like you got to tell folks and I've just it doesn't really dawn on me that yeah. nobody else knows. And you know I mean that's a great way to put it out into the light. Yeah, it's now it's it's full frontal. It's mm-hmm. there. It's in front of you. There's no way around it. You got to talk about. It's really it. hard to explain away coughing up blood. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, I ate too many tamales or something. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. I, I was eating tomatoes on my way up I here. I eat glass for an appetizer. <laughs> you know, sometimes it doesn't go well. Oh, uh, um, this reminds me of the Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo. <laughs> did you really just quote I that? Did, I did. Oh God! Take your turn your mic off. You Jeez. brought out Zoolander last week. How <laughs> dare you? Touche. <laughs> but uh, you know that's kind of how the thing wraps up. You know what the most exciting thing of the entire episode was? Hit the me. Preview. I for didn't next watch week. it. O M G. Um, I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, it, it was. That's what I like to hear. It is. If you didn't see the preview, you need to. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you. The visual on it. Doesn't I can't discuss what the visual does for it. I would do it injustice. Ooh, it was it, it's it's really turning the tide. And I'll be honest with you, I'm super super worried about Gwen and Big Foster due to what I saw in the preview. That Man, we that... are going dark. Man, I might have to watch this trailer. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. 
Um, she makes a decision in the preview that I would dare call a career ender. So, oh wow, uh, yeah. I mean, let me just tell you. So that's why I say the preview was legit. I'm not going to talk about a whole lot and so on. I'll make sure we'll post it just so you know everyone has a way to find it and everything. Absolutely. But the one thing I am going to talk about before we wrap up is this. Is that when we were talking to Jay, we were talking about fans, this, that, and so on. And Cash and I are excited to announce that we are going to be doing a contest to give back to our fans. Which is something that we've always been looking for trying we to have. do and stuff. And these things are hard to put together. Absolutely. And... We are working with some other lovely ladies who are amazing people who have helped us grow our podcast and meet new people and be involved with it. And we've even spoke to interviewed one of them, and that is Krista um, uh, Gill, who runs the uh, Outsiders, and that's that you know the territory group, as well as uh, a very very special lady, an angel to us, who has been with us since almost the beginning. Yes, um, and that is Angie Patton, and she is a amazing woman who runs the social group for sons of anarchy and part of the reason that we started watching outsiders was through connections with her and fans of sons of anarchy and different people in her group and she has always stuck with us and we you know we don't even pod any show that she continues but she is still with us day one day out and between her and krista and us like that we have decided to get some prizes together to help promote outsiders and some other shows we're doing and with an opportunity for fans to uh, to get some amazing prizes um and kind of give back to you guys as well as to be able to promote the shows that we all love um, and if, pod, if our Bleed TV podcast gets a little something out of it, you know we love it. So we will be unveiling that uh, via social media and our pod next week um, because next week we'll also be starting a new show and coverage, and that is Into the Badlands. Cannot wait. It is. Uh, we did the original We've... season of six episodes, and it is a visual masterpiece mm-hmm. by AMC. Um the storyline is nothing like you've ever really gone through before. I can't even give you comparisons. I mean, it's a it's a futuristic world that has gone backwards. You know, no guns and no politics. You know, different types of politics. Hand to hand, it looks it's, like it's really really unique. It is really really catchy, and it gives you so much to guess and prophesize and predict, and. It constantly is ever changing, and so and of course it's just like I said, very visually appealing. A lot of really, really amazing martial arts and sword work. And then, um, that's starting what this Sunday. That starts this Sunday. It is comes it right on after, after um, Walking, comes, Dead. Walking Dead. And if you haven't uh, watched it or anything, let me say there's only six episodes and it's on Netflix, so you can go ahead binge watch it there. That's correct. And I believe AMC is doing constant repeats of binging. Uh, to catch the episodes. And I'm sure the Sunday of, they'll do it again. I'm telling you now, watch the first episode. If it doesn't tickle your fancy, then watch the second one. And then uh, it will. Yeah. I'm just, it really, really is pretty cool. I mean, it really, really does a good job. It's very visual. Um, very, really, really unique. Um, and so when we start potting that, and of course we were walking dead and outsiders like that, we'll unveil the contest via, via those pods and social media. And they give you opportunity to get y'all's entries in and can't wait to tell you about the prizes. But other than that, guys, we're going to call it a night. Um, it's been a, it's been a great ride. We got to interview J.R. Adams. So be looking for our interview on that. And he has an amazing charity event that you need to check out. And that'll also be posted on social media, but we're going to call it. This is bleed TV. I'm Zach and I'm cash and we'll see y'all next week.